And welcome back to another episode of What's With You, Scooby-Doo. Phil Hobby joins me today. Chat about... It's an unconventional episode. I'll, I'll wait until you get into it. Uh, we explain what it is, and it's it's pretty wacky. Also pretty off topic, but a lot of fun. Talk about James Bond. We talk about the Love and Spoonfuls. We talk about the British uh, suspense show The Prisoner, which is fun. Also quite a bit of Muppet talk in this episode, which is kind of crazy. I don't know how often the Muppets come up, but you know what? I really love them. Anyways, the joke that I'm trying to remember—I uh, think I think it's an elephant joke, but it's not. It's last night I shot a bear in my pajamas. How he got in them, I'll never know. That's the joke I was trying to remember. Anyways, also I've realized that I constantly mess up people's names. Uh, last episode, I, I said that Andy Rooney was in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Mickey Rooney was in Breakfast at Tiffany's. I don't know why I keep doing that. But it's a super fun episode. Phil and I go all over the place. We talk about a whole mess of things, as well as uh, I think we bring up some interesting points as far as the topic is concerned. So uh, get into that. Yeah. Uh, as always, if you want to get in touch with the podcast, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash what's with you, Scooby Doo. What's with you, Scooby Doo at gmail.com for email, Twitter at WWY Scooby Doo, and Instagram, WWY Scooby Doo. That's it, man. Thank you so much as always for listening. Enjoy the episode, and we'll see you next week. Uh, and as always, to the podcast, let's do this. <laughs> Balance. Boom. <laughs> the end. Uh, what's with you, Scooby-Doo, today uh, on the podcast for an unconventional, an unconventional conventioneer. Uh, I've got uh, Philip, how you doing, Hobby? <laughs> Good. Oh, hey, welcome back. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. You got an unconventional guy to be part of this unconventional episode. Right. What does conventioneer mean? I'm I I, I don't know. I thought that was just, a neologism on your part. Is it just one who attends conventions? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> uh, and I think I think you know wears a white t- a white t- <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that is exactly the, how my sentence was going to end. <laughs> and I think where's the beef? Am I right? <laughs> Come on. We never did find out the answer to that question, and that ad campaign is at least 45 years old at this point. And I think to myself, <laughs> where's the beef? <laughs> yeah. It would be a wonderful world if I could know where that beef is. And that's what we're here to tell you. It's wherever you left it, right? Uh, <laughs> Jeez, that was one. Imagine my, that. That was, was the beef. It's where you left it, Lent Granny. It's that was one of my favorite, like old school, like <laughs> Henny Youngman jokes when I was growing up. I I found like an old joke book when I was in kindergarten in the nice. like elementary school library, and um, one of the jokes was, uh, "Where do you find where do you find a walrus in your bathroom?" Where do you find I, a walrus in your know. house? I don't know. Where do you find a walrus? Where a walrus in your in your bathroom in your house? Where do you? Find, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know. Where do you find a walrus? 
where you left it. It's like, okay, <laughs> great. Yeah, it was That's like, pretty yeah. funny. I mean, the, the bigger question is, why do you have a walrus? I mean, there's so many things, but like, I mean, it's sort of like, uh, uh, what's the one about the elephant in the pajamas? I was, I was trying to come, I was literally like kind of half listening to just trying to come up with which one. There's one about yeah. elephant in the pajamas, but I can't remember how that one gets set up yeah. or delivered. Yeah, there's one about like, painting an elephant but then because he's gray and there's something there so if you are still listening to this podcast i'm impressed dear listener because oh, you know what it is i got it good just cut cut to this <laughs> one day i found an elephant in my pajamas how oh. i got in there i have no idea <laughs> yeah that's right that's that's an old groucho marx one from animal crackers <laughs> is that why i was yeah. doing that voice <laughs> yeah i was like why does that make so much sense yeah he gives he gives this lengthy lecture on his like expeditions and that was one of them <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like the Mr. Show sketch where uh, <laughs> yeah. with the, the Everest yeah. and he keeps knocking down the thimbles. Oh, I thought you meant the one where he's like, the lion's roar. <laughs> you hear it first in your scrotum. <laughs> and everyone's like all shot because it's like 1910 or whatever. <laughs> and then he goes, dear madam, I do not mean to shock or create angst. I merely say it because that is where you hear it first. And they're like, I, I think you can do without this. He's like, well, then you hear it in your 19th testicle. And you realize he's just like this anomaly of human anatomy. <laughs> he just keeps adding on. Well, and it's, it turns out it's truly, he's like, why do you guys keep thinking that I'm saying things to shock you? Am I the only one with 50 nipples? <laughs> My 12th dick is really throbbing right now. Also, uh, uh, 15 Nipples is opening up for War on Drugs this weekend. <laughs> it's Scaramanga times five. <laughs> it's the cover band for five Scaramanga. Yes. I was born in a circus. <laughs> I love Get that plan. elephant. <laughs> Gun in a bag of peanuts. How original. <laughs> We were, I, I kill for queen and country. So but Killing you would be a pleasure. <laughs> speaking of James Bond movies, we were watching Spy Who Loved Me last night. Ah, nice. And the opening credits to that movie, I'm not entirely sure the last time that I saw it, but I definitely did not see it like 1080 HD quality. Holy shit. It's just naked women. Like that's all it, like like some of the other ones like if you watch from Russia with love or something it's like women in like you know yeah, scantily right. clad or something or like if you watch even um I'm trying to think of some of the other ones where it's like there's stuff covering it or it's like a right. silhouette it's literally just Roger Moore running in slow motion with naked women to Vangelis music it's crazy um, like it is just like oh that's just boobs I need to rewatch these because um Ooh, I guess now? Yeah, now. But no, but it's more because I realized I watched them all on TBS when I was a kid. So I've okay. never actually seen a full James Bond movie, come to think of it. I've seen them multiple times, but edited for TV. Oh, yeah. I wonder how much editing there is in Those most ones. of them. Yeah. I mean, uh, from Rush With Love, you can see her getting into the bed. But there's never any cursing. Yeah, uh, that's true. Well, uh, what is it? Oh my gosh! Live and let die. When there's the weird yeah. plane chase, the woman in the giant glasses goes, "Holy shit!" <laughs> but that might be it. It, it must have been kind of like you know when when uh, when what's it what's his name when, when people started swearing in movies. It must have just been a little bit like when uh, what was it? Uh, L, uh, P, uh, Blue. Uh, what was that that cop show? Blue. Uh, what was it called? Hill Street Blues. Hill Street Blues. Yeah, like they were gonna say like 
I think it's like shit. And they on or fuck. Oh, it, it was like coming. And it was coming. Yeah, I think I think South Park did a whole episode about like they could say shit on TV and they yeah. had like a counter in the bottom yeah. or something. <laughs> and yeah. so they they bothered to just completely lampoon it to the point where it's like, yeah, nobody f- really fucking cares. Nobody cares. Nobody anymore. should care. Yeah. Well, right. Uh, I did find out where the term blue comes from, like a blue material. Oh, it's, yeah. It's a British oh. term. Yeah. Oh, you know what? That might be why people, because I, I say it all the time, like, oh, it's a bit blue. Well, so me I didn't know it was British. when they had to submit things to the, because the BBC is a government entity, right. so they would have to submit things to the censors. And anything that was inappropriate was marked out in a blue pen. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, so that's cool. It must be a relatively new. <laughs> I, was just I say, mean, at least since the advent of radio, right? Holy cow! Uh, I figured this was like a real old, like purple prose, <laughs> blue speak, <laughs> blue speak, uh, starring Martin Lawrence and the uh, Owen brother. <laughs> yes, blue speak. Yeah, and I uh, actually won fifteen dollars uh, on a horse called Blue Speak. So, oh, okay. No, <laughs> <laughs> betting on the ponies. <laughs> betting on the ponies. Actually, I've never done that. I, I really, you know. Frivolity aside, I've never, I've never gambled on the. Well, I've also never been to Miami, <laughs> in the '60s. Yep, and none of those things appealed to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's one of those things. Like you know, uh, the time travel. I can get into, I can get into ruts with things. Like I kind of have an addictive personality, and so like you know, playing video games or binge watching shows. Like that's like a very easy thing for me to get into, where yeah, it's yeah. just like that's what I'm doing now. Yeah, but. Gambling was never one of those things that appealed yeah. to me. That's good. Uh, well, I think sweets, it's because those games are so boring for, for the most part, in my opinion. Like for me, I just find them really dull. Yeah, I guess. I guess if like, you, if you're into it and you're also like maybe roulette because... is a is a luck game. I mean, there's nothing. There's absolutely no strategy. Right. Um, same with uh, with blackjack. It's. I mean, if you know some statistics, it's a slightly easier. Poker is the only one where you kind of are psyching people out. But mm. I mean, I'm not good at that, so I definitely wasn't going to play that. And and I don't know. I guess I also. I don't want to harp on this, but I remember I, I when I was six, I, uh, I I went up to my grandfather. I was like, "Hey, let's play poker. Let's play for uh, pennies. No nickels. No what? Let's play for quarters." And he's like, "Yeah, okay." Within about. Five minutes, I was about $25 in the hole, which when you're six is like a million dollars. Yeah. That... And and I was, you know, I'm not one to welch. And quarters? So, you were yeah, $25 we... in yeah, the yeah, hole? Yeah, it was a lot. And, Damn. And I remember I went like, I don't know how I'm ever going to pay this back for him because that's a lot of money when you're six. Sure. I, I have no viable income or source thereof. Correct. And uh, so he kind of looked at me and I, he goes, yeah, so uh, hmm, yeah, what are we going to do here? And and he and I said, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to come over and, like, mow the lawn or something. Oh, like so he's six, not going to take a six-year-old No, for, but so here's what he did. This The whole thing of this was, he, this was all a big plan on his Right. Plan. And he went, uh, he went, so just tell me, did you learn something? And I went, uh, yeah, I, I went into this thinking that I'd make money. And I realized, I don't know why it never dawned on me, maybe because I'm six. And I'm like, that... You can lose a lot of money gambling. He goes, great. You know what? If you take that lesson with you for the rest of your life, you owe me nothing today. And I'm like, okay. This and is... I've never really gambled ever since. Sure. This is his version of catching you smoking and making you smoke the whole pack yeah. or something. No, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. it actually worked because every time I've ever gone to like a casino, I've always just been like, okay. And expect to I at least go in expecting to lose money. I'm like, I do not expect. This will be like my payment for the fun time. Maybe because I never won big, though. You know what I'm saying? No one, like, like it's it's very rare. But if they so, can't stay in business, if it's well, right, the house always wins. It, 
Uh, when you do roulette, people go like, oh, red and black, 50-50. Well, what do you think those two green numbers are there for? <laughs> it's to give that little extra edge to the house. And right. they don't think of that. It's not a 50-50 chance. It's like a 48.5% chance. Oh, interesting. Which is nice for them because they're always going to get a slight little bit. You never are getting... You're only getting paid $2 for every $1 you put in, but you really should be getting paid like $2.12 for every dollar you get. But if you've that. gotten that high of winning... No. Then you'd chase that dragon. No, honestly, right? I, I was at a casino. I, I did an improv show, and then after it was right across the street from a casino, and all the people were like, "Let's go!" And I'm like, "No, like it, it just bores me going in there because the game sure. again, the games are boring." I went in there going like, "All right, fine. You know what? <clears throat> I'm gonna spend ten dollars tonight, and the moment that's gone, I'm out." Right. Turns out the minimum bet was twenty. The Ooh. minimum I could put in was was sorry. The minimum bet was ten. The minimum I could get was twenty. Right. So I'm like, all right, fine. So I put a ten dollar down. It loses, and I'm like, good. I'm going to cash out. And my girlfriend just goes like, no. Like, what are you? What are you doing? Like, you know, like just you got ten dollars played. I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't I'm out. Lose. And I'm like, whatever. And then she goes, look, you got it right there. Why don't you just do? It? I'm like, all right, you know what? Fair, whatever. Who cares? I just got paid for this gig, so who cares? Like, whatever. <laughs> put it down. <laughs> I'm rolling an improv yeah, money. I've got eighty nine dollars <laughs> in my back pocket. Oh and, damn. Um, <laughs> well, that actually is pretty good for an improv. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and um, and so I put it um, I put it on the one out of three. Right. Win. So now I've got ten extra dollars. So I'm thinking, like, you know what? If I put this ten dollars down now, I break even. I'm fine with that because I right. expected to lose. That would be twenty dollars that I did not expect to have. Mm-hmm. Put it down, it wins again. And that, so this is the thing. I was not chasing a high right now. All I was doing was saying until this breaks. And I put it down again. It lost, and I'm like, I'm done. And I'm, I'm like, done. I'm and everyone's like, No, you're on a streak. I'm like, There's no such thing. Do you? How do you think the world works? Right. There's no ether like affecting. Well, who knows? I mean, maybe they're right. But I was like, I'm not gonna take that chance. Walked out of there with twenty dollars, and everyone else had lost a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> and they were all pissed. And I'm like, But what did you expect? Well, right. Yeah. Exactly. I, mean, I lost. I'm out. Why bother? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I, I came out with $20 ahead, so I was like... Well, I, I mean, it's one of those, like, I play yeah, Angry Birds on my iPad all the oh, yeah, time, yeah. you know? And when <laughs> when Angry Birds first came out for phones, like, whatever, 30 and a half years ago, uh, <laughs> it was one of those things where it was like, you know, you, you just flung, you flung the birds, and either you paid for the app and you had no ads, or you didn't pay for it and you had ads. That was the only thing behind it. Right. Now it's this insane system of of Russian nesting doll games within games, where like you can like pay money to get like this thing, oh, yeah, or you can like uh, play all these games of chance and then use the fictional money within the system to like get more chances. And I'm like, I'm just gonna. Play the I'm just going to fling birds. Is that cool? Yeah. Like, yeah. Can I just do that? I, I just recently bought GTA and it said. Oh, buddy. I know, right? And it came with, they said, you can pay for this with, you can just pay up straight up for the game or you can pay an extra like $15 to get $15 million in the game. And I thought to myself two things. I'm like, one, no, I'm not going to spend money for like fake, like I don't get that, like. And secondly, I'm like, doesn't that take all the challenge out of the game? Like if you just suddenly start the game with $15 million, like the fun of the game is you build up. Well, there's, a, think... there's a Twilight Zone episode about that where the guy's <laughs> like, no, the fun was not actually using the money. It was chasing it, like, you know, having, like, the, the rise of... I think you can say that about almost anything. There's a Twilight Zone episode about that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> there's a Black Mirror any episode about situa- that. Any situation. Oh, man, I'm not into Black Mirror. Anyways, moving on. The, 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 uh, too, the, too real? The online thing. Well, okay, fine. You got me into it. I think the thing about Black Mirror that I don't like is within the system, within the world that they create, it is it's not the solution is always uh somebody sucks and so just suck to that person that's it 
Because, I mean, like, uh, what, what is it? The first spoiler alert for Black Mirror? Maybe. I don't know. I didn't finish the episode. The first episode of the new season, there's the Star oh, Trek thing, right? I don't know. Don't actually say oh, okay. no more. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just always like someone's an asshole. And the, yeah, way to sol- the, the way to solve it in this universe is fuck that person. That's it. Hmm. And it's always just kind of like... You may just be ruining this show for me. Well, cruelty cruelty breeds cruelty. Congratulations. But that's not, that's not satisfying. But I think the point is that the technology brings out this sort of savage side to us that's like, you know, this real... Sure. Hey, welcome to the party, Ted Kaczynski. We've known this for 30 <laughs> fucking years. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. congratulations. Oh, technology might not but be see, the best thing in the world. No shit, Sherlock. Yeah, but see, I think you're aware of that. I don't think most people are like I know a lot of my students who are like you know young enough to not even know a time before sure. like the you know they're 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 digital I mean they don't have no idea and they do look at me like a little bit like what are you talking about technology is awesome I'm like have you not thought about this side of it and they kind of like they kind of look at me like they either go like huh and then probably forget about it the moment they walk out of the classroom. Well, also, well, who's going to get that from a streaming uh, webpage TV show, you know? Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah the, the irony mean, of Chris, of Charlie Brooker saying how much TV sucks on the TV. Yeah, right. But you know? I, I, the way I, I do... Video like, killed he, the radio star being the first music video ever to come right, out. Right, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think the only thing is that he's basically saying, like, look, most TV is shit. Mine's not, is I think what he's saying. And right. I think there's a good That's case to be made that he's actually thing. right about that. Right. You know, he really does put a lot of thought and effort into it. And it is better than about 99% of what else is out there. Well, and I mean, that's like saying that, you know, 50,000 uh, channels out there. Uh, video games rock kids' brains. And it's like, that's not true. But are right. there some shitty video games out there that right. probably aren't that great? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, no yeah, question exactly. about it. You know what? That's a good but- point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything in moderation, except it, moderation. Oscar ex- Wilde, suck it. <laughs> <laughs> and that comes right back to what we were saying about a balanced meal. Oh, yeah. Fat's we, not yeah. necessarily bad for you as long as you don't just eat, like, you know, a, a tub of, of lard. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a Coke. Oh, Anyways. <laughs> right here. I just spilled it all over your rug. <laughs> A&W root beer does not stain that badly. Um. <laughs> By the way, um, in case you were wondering, no, this is the Scooby-Doo podcast. Mm. We have not talked about Scooby Doo at all, except to mention the name of the, you didn't know you didn't even name oh no you did I named the podcast yeah, you, did, yeah, you did uh, but at least <sighs> but also we've we've had you on previously so we don't need to talk about your history of Scooby Doo at all no that's true we just need to get to know you so then when Hello. we get into the Scooby Doo people will know where you're coming from yeah. what your what what your oh, man <laughs> who does everything in it's 2017 yeah. get woke man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Man, pff, I don't see the world through that lens. Um, I, I, and also, I think it's a bit of a n- misnomer. I mean, I, <laughs> what am I doing that's adulting? <laughs> I just—I was talking to my therapist about that, actually, a couple <laughs> days ago. I tried buying a house. Yeah, that's way too much effort. Oh, my gosh. I was talking about, like, how I was like... <laughs> I was like, yeah, I freely admit that I'm in a state of arrested development. Like, that's fine. <laughs> like, you know, where we are these days, it's all cool. I mean, here I am, you know, in an attic talking about about to talk about cartoons yeah um, and i see nothing wrong with any of that yeah i'm fine with it too we're not hurting anybody um <clears throat> so today we we had kind of talked about this concept a little while ago and i just had to figure out how the hell we were going to do it but i think i figured it out we'll see yeah we talked about this together i think post Dobie gillis like right after we hit the stop button yeah so th- there was an album that came out years ago i'm not gonna find it right now maybe two th- early 2000s okay that was the research podcast sure that was a scooby-doo themed album <laughs> so the idea is it's you know 
a bunch of the different tracks. So it's got like themes from the show and then songs that appeared within the show. So, you know, like uh, the chase songs and and uh, anytime there was a musical number, which happens actually like a little bit more frequently than you think in Scooby-Doo. Yeah, uh, no, that, that, that's a... But they compiled an album of them <laughs> through the years. So, I mean, you're also going to get sort of a an evolution of what happened over time to these the, that's to this neat. music. No, that's that's pretty neat. And do you know if it includes just music or is it like a little bit of speech in there as well, like Zoinks and Jinkies and yeah, uh, f- uh, to prove that I can never stay on topic. Uh, I bought the Hateful Eight vinyl, like the <laughs> deluxe vinyl, which is amazing. It's great. Okay, love this soundtrack. Uh, there's some like cool, um, you know, Jack White stuff, and then it's got the Ennio Morricone. Uh, yeah. soundtrack it's great then there's dialogue in it hmm. and it's one of those things like at my previous place the record player was downstairs in the living room it was summer i had all the windows open i'm listening to this soundtrack i'm like cooking dinner doing whatever, whatever the hell i do and soundtrack's playing it's great and then it's just screaming the n-word <laughs> like i'm running over to my record player to be like i don't need anybody hearing this coming from my window <laughs> Oh my, because you know, the thing too is like, probably like they might have gone like, all right, look, we'll do this. But then when they get the CD, they can just unclick that in iTunes, that one track (laughs) that has them yelling. Like, oh. Which like, you know, if I was alone and like super into that movie and like listening to this record, like, you know what? I wouldn't mind it as much because it's like part of the movie and whatever. But it's just one of those things of like, yeah, my windows were open and it's just like Sam Jackson yelling. It's like, (laughs) I heard it kind of louder and I was just like, ah, okay, let's just pause this on a uh on a much less incendiary note <laughs> i uh just finished uh, watching that old 60s show the prisoner and number six yeah um <clears throat> i am not a number i'm a free man <laughs> and that's a good number two laugh that happens at the end of the credits <laughs> perfect <laughs> how on that would be telling patrick mcgoohan what do you want is that who it is information Information. Am I wrong on that? Is Patrick McGowan? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he wrote like half the episodes and stuff. And... Really? Oh yeah. Was he well, also in the Avengers? No, he was in Danger Man. And oh, actually okay. a lot of people think that his spy character in Danger Man, who's like an ex spy, like I think he I, I've never seen it, but I I think the premise is that like he's either a spy or a spy who's just retired. Yeah. Um, that this is like part two of that. <laughs> and there is one episode, and in, in my opinion, it's just garbage. But I kind of was watching, like, this just seems like Patrick McGowan, like, you know, the, the number six, like, actually on a mission back when he was still a spy. What the hell is this? And I found out later, it's an old, unused, um, and in my opinion, I understand why unused. Um, <laughs> Shade thrown. Well, it was, it, actually, I think as a Danger Man episode, it sounds like it actually would have worked pretty well. But, right. Um, it did not work as a prisoner episode because a he's not a prisoner in the episode and b it's just it's really far fetched and kind of like what the hell is going on? But as a Danger Man episode, I think you could really get into it. Yeah. But in this one where it's more about like these people like fooling him, there was like none of that anyway. Um, but anyway, I got the soundtrack. Um, okay, to the prisoner. Yeah, and you know, there's there's definitely ones where you're like skipping this one, skipping this one. That one's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, like, the incidental music was actually kind of cool in spots. This sort of, like, weird 60s prog rock type thing. and um, But it does contain dialogue, which I'm like, okay, I'm fine with that, like, whatever. But A, it actually spoils a few episodes. And B, Ooh. it overlaps into the tracks. And I it really annoys me because there's this one track that I think is really rad. But it starts with... While the music's playing. Yeah. So you can't, like, fade in or do any of that. So, like, stuff. yeah. 
Like, it, it just kind of wrecks it. Yeah. I don't know if you can say spoiler for shows from the 60s anymore. People say that, but as uh, Groucho Marx said, there's no such thing as an old joke if you haven't heard it first. Yeah. So I think that, too. It's like, if someone came up and said, oh, yeah, by the way, the ending to, you know, like Charles Schultz, I almost swore, but like, how dare you? I'm just going to keep it clean. Charles Schultz, cute comic strip. How dare you talk about, like, the ending to... to uh, Citizen Kane. Now, <laughs> granted, it has it doesn't really change the movie because it's not really that's the MacGuffin of the movie, not the real like who was who was right. Rosebud, but like just stop. Also, I think it's come up previously, but nobody heard him say that word. Yeah, uh, I've I was reading about that actually, and there's a, a good implication that there was a butler in the room. But they show the room. There's nobody in there. He drops the glove. The nurse comes in, and wouldn't the butler he was recording also, an MP3? Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't the butler what? He, wouldn't the butler also be in the shot when they're when he's like dying and the nurse is over there? No, because the butler did it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he heard him say Rosebud and then scooted out and went like, Rosebud. "I think I heard a, uh, think I heard a thing. I think I heard him yell Rosebud. I didn't hear anything." He also says it. <laughs> shatters the snow globe. Um, um, I now present to protest beef burgers. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little farm. Peas grow there. <laughs> the French. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> mess son. Wines. So we are. So what? We're, so we're gonna go through this. Uh, maybe track by track. We'll see how it goes. We're, we're gonna play it by ear. Uh, but so Scooby, Scooby snack tracks. You're gonna want to get headphones yeah, on for this. this. Coming through the. This is gonna. This is gonna come through the cans. Come through the can. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're, we're canning this. This is canned. This is canon. Okay, so uh, track one. This is like the classic. I've always liked this. Well, I mean, it got, I, I think if I remember correctly, it got re recorded at some point. So it got re recorded in between the first and second season. Come on, Scooby Doo. Okay. I'm not going to say where, how we're getting this music, but the way that we're getting this music, it's showing us the lyrics in French. It actually looks pretty great. And you and I both speak French, so it's, it's yeah, it's pretty good. I know. Scooby-Doo, sois prêt à agir. I mean, like, it's also funny that there are so many different versions of this uh, theme song that we're probably going to hear. But, like, this is always the one that everybody remembers. Yeah, well, and again, I, well, I don't know about other people, but I always liked. I'm gonna admit something to you because we're close enough now. Sure. And the listeners, um, I always liked the Partridge Family. I, I've always, I've always liked that sort of '60s, just you know, su- what would it be called sunshine pop, I guess. Uh, sure. I mean, why not? It's a, it's a very specific, uh, a flower power rock. Yeah, I like that stuff, and I don't know, maybe, maybe other people do too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, especially in these early days, it's got this like very, um, it's a happy-go-lucky. It's got the sort of like jazzy roots, but yeah. jazz blues sort of like, because you always have that like jazz ensemble style right. thing going on. Yeah, and is there like, is that a harpsichord in the back? What is that? Or a mandolin or something like? Uh oh no, it's a guitar. The burnt. so it's just it's just one of those with a wah wah pedal or something. I don't know. Well, whatever that stuff is. I mean, like the birds use a harpsichord. And I'm just like, oh, dude, sure, you, guys, yeah. you guys are just like fucking awesome. That's the best. <laughs> they're they're a great band for that reason alone. Wait, hold on. What's a bird song? I know I know the uh, birds. I'm also confusing them with the yard birds right now. <laughs> a little different. You know, that's that's that. Yeah. 
which they appear in Blow Up. Have you ever seen that movie? No. It's one of my favorite movies, if not my favorite. Um, Is that? And he and that's David Hemmings. Oh, okay. Nope. Thinking of a different movie. We, uh, directed by Antonioni. Which is the is that the whole thing with photography? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, yeah, yeah. I vaguely know that movie. Yeah, yeah. It's really awesome. And at right. the end, he stumbles into a Yardbirds concert, <laughs> which was my foray into Eric Clapton. With how many Paige people under and Clapton, or is it when both of them were out? Uh, wait, what's that? Page and Clapton. Jimmy Page from um, yeah. From the Yardbirds. From the Yardbirds. <laughs> As you, I know it. You might know him from the Yardbirds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, both of them were in that band, but then they like also were not both in the band at the same time at one oh, point. Like, um, a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. God, I don't remember who the lineup is. I know Chris Dredge is in there. Great. I think, I think no, I think Jimmy both Page, them are I think there. they both are in yeah. there. Yeah. And it's, again, they're kind of almost, not nobodies, but like they aren't. The big names that they are now, I don't think. That's it's like, like 66. I don't yeah. think it would have been that big. I, I think I watched the, the like a, you know, because they didn't really have trailers back then. So like now they have all these like recut trailers oh, yeah. from, from like later days. And it's so funny to see the one for that. I think is something like, you know, like they're, you know, uh, living the bohemian lifestyle. I mean, it's really <laughs> funny. But anyway, back to, like, you know, um, the world turns, turns, turns. That's like... The that's... Carpenters and, like... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like that stuff. Uh, and... I was just re-listening to uh, The Love and Spoonful. Yeah. Oh, there's another one. In fact, there's two Love and Spoonful mo- uh, songs in Blow Up. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, Do You Believe in Magic is probably the most popular one that right. people know. But um, I like Butchie's tune. I always like a uh, hot time, summer in the city. Oh, yeah. I always forget that that's... Uh, Getting down and pretty. That's, yeah. Uh, cool down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. Because I always I'm feel like... Well, because the, the, the songs that I think of is like, you know, did you ever have to make, make up, up your mind? mind? And like that sort of like, like that's the exact same type of music that this theme is. Yeah. And, and you know, I think it's funny too. You say like people always remember this theme out of all of them. Um, people also tend to, I notice like when, when listening to the show pick episodes from you know the OG, OG yeah. you know like so there is something about that that just sort of i don't know this is really charming about it i don't, I don't know. know well i i i wonder if it's also like because because the look looks of the characters never changed really oh, like drastically too, i mean yeah. they did through the 80s but who the hell watched those shows but like ew. uh i definitely did uh but like oh, i said ew but yeah. <laughs> oh i thought you said you no. i was like yeah guilty <laughs> well, as charged no, no, no. i know you did too but because they always have like shaggy has that v-neck green shirt and bell bottoms fred has bell bottoms and ascot you know yeah. because of that i wonder if it perpetuates this i ideology that they are in that time even though the shows update and don't right the shows don't perpetuate that the viewership does that yeah no, that's a good point because you know in the 90s i know plenty of people who dress like shaggy well, Ma- uh, maybe yeah. not freddie well but, but it's uh, also like the it's a t-shirt and pants and that's yeah, it right it's a t-shirt and right. slacks <laughs> yeah it's kind of like what the simpsons and like family guy do it's sort of like you see peter coming up going hey chris can i buy your iphone and you're kind of like yeah Chris was that age in 1999. Like, yeah, right. It's 2017, and and like, or how they keep... talk about Arrested Development. Am I right? <laughs> it's Arrested Development. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they keep having to update flashbacks. 
<laughs> from from the Simpsons where they flash back to like Bart being born or like them getting married and it's, it keeps bumping up <laughs> yeah, to like it like was like Batman. the 60s the 70s the 80s right yeah it's like Batman you know like every time you see his parents get a oh, spoiler um <laughs> <laughs> okay that one yeah it's like that, that and luke i am your father it's like if you don't know that like i'm sorry i'm gonna be honest though uh, okay spoiler alert for soiling green if you have not seen that just turn the volume down for about five seconds i had no idea you didn't I know never heard that yeah i've never heard that thing and then suddenly i saw it in an episode of, of futurama and i was like oh you mother i was so <laughs> Pissed. I, I was, feel like Futurama is also just a spoiler-heavy show in general. Yeah, and I should have known that. I should have been references. like, I need to go watch every science fiction movie ever just in case they spoil it. Right. I, honestly, I'm I'm only half kidding right now because <laughs> that I was so mad because I didn't know, and I would have watched that movie going like, okay, this is a weird movie. Oh God! Oh, <laughs> oh no! But now I know, and I'm like, oh, well, it's boring, right? And yeah. I'd rather watch Edward G. Robinson in like Double Indemnity, you know? Mm, okay. Or, or Little Caesar, right? Yep. The Pizza Place. <laughs> I'd love to see him in a Little Caesars. So that was the classic theme. So we all know it. We all love it. But now, now I'm just going to keep remembering that I can do So this. from Scooby-Doo to Edward G. Robinson, that is uh, uh, the trajectory we had on that last track. This is now, so we're, we're going to get into, I don't know what this is from, and we're going to find out together. <laughs> uh, but track two on Scooby's Snack Tracks is Recipe <laughs> for My Love, which, I mean, I think okay. we're just getting into Flower Power songs. Yes. I, mean, I think that's the way it's going to be. This is going to be great. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, I mean, this is straight up like the Carpenters. We're not going to talk throughout this whole thing right now. Not the whole thing. See, and you can, and people can mock this, and I see why. Like, I hear all the, there's so much. I'm absolutely loving this right now. So great. I think, I mean. Uh, I'm doing the Watutsi right now. <laughs> I think sonically, it's a very interesting era of music. It was very experimental and it's very full. And I mean, it's like, it's the, you know, I mean, it's the post Beatles, like, right. Uh, studio music is now a thing. Like, you don't just get it. You, the, right. the purpose of a studio isn't just to recreate a live experience, right. it's now to create a record. Right. And that's and, what Flower Power and that era of music brought to the scene. Right. So, I mean, you know, you think of uh, Frank Sinatra, he's in there with a full band. Right. Whereas now it's like, oh, we're going to do the, we're going to do the drums and bass now. We're going to do the, but. No, and, and you can create a real, really cool sonic experience that's larger than life in a way. Sure. You know? uh, a wall of sound, if you will. Yeah. Spectre, murderer. <laughs> Bill Spector? He went to jail for murder. I have no idea. Yeah, I think he I, See, I'm just catching up on the newspapers from about 1969, I think. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Do we ever... We, we do get out of Vietnam, right? <laughs> Spoiler alert. I'm just catching up. Uh, a friend of mine says, you're not a time traveler. You're an immortal. Because you do have a smattering of knowledge past where your bailiwick is. You know, like, my bailiwick is 25 to 45. That's where I know a lot of stuff. Okay. And any trivia question from there, I tend to know. But I'm like, there are about one out of every, like, 300 questions at the thing. But, like, yeah, I, I got to catch up. Sure. So I think the other thing that people kind of like, ah, damn it. I think the other <laughs> thing that people get down on this era of music, and, I mean, probably the same reason why I get down on uh, the, the Eagles, lyrically, it tends to be, like, you know, not the best. But, well, okay, look, th there's a different purpose, though. Like, 
I will grant you, Radiohead, fantastic lyrics. Do I want to be that, like, <laughs> aware of how depressing the world can be all the time? No. Sometimes I do just want to put on something that says, my baby and I are going out and I got a recipe about how awesome she is and let's, you know, let's go lie in the sun and smile. It's like... Pfft. But the uh, the other side of it is there are no stakes. There's a place for that. They're also not offering you enlightenment. You know what I'm saying? They're offering you fun. They're saying, hey. Yeah, but like, here's the thing. When someone goes out and goes, hey, let's throw a Frisbee around, I don't also go, yeah, but why would we do that? There's no existential questions being answered when we do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, granted, I like addressing that from time to time. Like, they're... In fact, most of the time, I'd rather watch a movie that, that kind of keeps me intellectually stimulated than just a roller coaster ride. Sure. But then every now and then I do just go like, yeah, put on Avatar, sure. You know, like when I watched Avatar, I was like, oh, that was a cool movie. And then everyone's like, it sucked. I'm like, yeah, well, it wasn't like Marcel Proust, but like. I think, I think like, my problem. What did you problem... want out of this thing that was just clearly like a. Sure, woo! just popcorn. But yeah. I think the problem is that it, it deemed to offer more. It kind of it, it gave it had the, the opportunity to do that. No, it gave the illusion that it was going to. Like uh, it gave this illusion that it was going to be a deep movie. Okay. And well, see, it, I had see, I don't of... watch trailers, so I just went into it. I heard like Roger Ebert said, "This is the next big thing that's going to push things the way Star Wars did." And I went, but, "That's enough of a incentive to go watch this thing." Sure, let's do it. <laughs> and this uh, is going to be the next Star Wars. Well, in a, in a way, it best did. way <laughs> to disappoint everyone, <laughs> even by making a new star a legitimate star. <laughs> Star Wars movie and say this is the new Star Wars. Everybody's pissed. That's uh, great. Uh, so moving right along. <laughs> moving right along. It's a nope. We're not going over Sunshine. a Muppet soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> Turn left at the fork in the road. Fork in the road. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> that that whole movie I love. But uh, great Muppet caper when he, when Piggy breaks into the British people's house pretending like it's hers and it's John Cleese and that woman and they're having dinner and they have the most British conversation <laughs> I think in the history of conversations like the whole thing she's like she's like am I boring you and he's like I'm sorry what she's like am I boring you he's like boring me what <laughs> no not at all she's like peculiar weather we've been having <laughs> absolutely peculiar yes <laughs> it's just like the most insanely british thing it's so funny uh all right so moving right along moving right anyways track three seven days a week nice couldn't quite get the funding for that eighth day that the beatles were able to obtain but well that this was the foundation for their eighth day <laughs> this is what they built upon yeah clearly all this right. was probably written about 10 years after eight days a week right yeah, exactly. Uh, a lot of waka waka. Yeah, it it pales because the Beatles ruined it. Well, but also, I mean, like, it'd be funny to see all the songs that you can line up that have this thing going on. Like, uh, yes, but ones that came out before don't count because you're like, yeah, seven days a week. But they're the ones who are like, 
fuck that. Eight days. Well, eight days a week. But even like the Happy Days theme song isn't that far off from this idea. Sunday, Monday, happy day. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy day. Thursday, yeah. Friday, happy day. Saturday, what a day. Spend it all day with you. Or yeah, whatever. that's a good point. I mean, it's... A, it's how many ways can you dress up all of these concepts? You know? So, like... Uh, Is that Billy Mays playing the... Uh, <laughs> they get him from the Beatles? Oh, I was thinking the uh, the OxyClean guy. That is the guy. Yeah, I must have messed this guy's name. What is what is his name? Billy Preston. That's what I meant to say. Billy Preston? Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> what so I meant to say. Billy Mays. But also... Thanks, me. Brain. <laughs> but... Uh, there had to have been some famous people. I mean, famous, quote unquote. But like, like some big time studio musicians that like probably played on Pet Sounds, yeah, or like something like that, you know? Because I mean, like, they weren't. They were just hiring studio musicians right. for this stuff, and it's tight. It's fine. But like, it had to have been. There yeah. has to be overlap with some of those like classic Got albums it. somehow. Which? What year was this one? Do you think? Uh, early 70s yeah either 60 or 70 69 or 70 are these all tracks just no no this goes all the way through every incarnation it will this is the, yeah. it says Scooby Doo snack tracks the ultimate collection which is so everything right technically ultimate but it's funny to think of like where where did this come from like why did they put these songs in what was it <laughs> you know what i'm saying like yeah where where is the where is the spot for it where but, at what point in the episode do you go and now we need the power pop song or why did they even think like is it because of variety shows is it like oh yeah we'll get the kids in here with music or like i mean is it laughing like what well i i tried to because i taught a little um independent study last year on like humble brag (laughs) no um on uh the history of comedy and uh we we discussed like what is making this funny is it this is it that and we kind of were talking about the psychology of like what makes something funny is it the time period like would this still be funny today if someone made this today and we were talking about it and all this stuff but one of the things that they kind of started to pick up on was that a lot of comedies including film included musical numbers like they were in you know intrinsically linked like comedy means variety Sure. Well, I mean, that has to come from. You must have two songs like every thirty minutes. Which I mean, now if like, you went to a comedy <clears throat> show and in the middle of the guy's comedy, like if you went to go see, right? Who's a comedian I can say safely these days? Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Let's say you go. Let's get, say you go see Bill Burr in the middle of Bill Burr. He's not going to be like, all right, and now like right. I'm going to stop joking. So that uh, uh, would break the flow of my act. Wolfgang Amadeus can go on. Or, yeah, you know. Yeah, Dennis Day is about to sing <laughs> "The Lovely." Like, it's weird. And and we talked about that. It really is until about kind of this era, like around the '60s, is like when you start to see just shows being fucking shows. It's so you know? funny though, because you said Dennis Day, uh, Irish tenor, but I put on Charlie Day in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Which I get why why you said what you said, but when I heard it, I was like, Charlie Day just, singing in the middle of a Bill Burr show. Hmm. Yeah, just like, and here he is, Charlie Day. Okay, guys, here I am. I'm going to sing some uh, some Gershwin for you all. Um, you're delightful. You're lovely. You don't have rat traps in your <laughs> That's basement. Cole Porter. Anyways. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, you're right. It's it's wonderful that it's Gershwin, isn't it? Out nerded you. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I was just in a Gershwin show. I should have known that. Really? Yeah. Boring. <laughs> <gasps> based off a PG Woodhouse script. Nothing boring about that. <laughs> <laughs> your reaction. You like half exploded and like sort of flew out of your chair a little bit. You're like, <laughs> from the from the quarterly column by uh, D.L. Woodworth, Bornhouse, uh, Lord Esquire. Yes, from Punch Magazine. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so, uh, moving right along here. Was it a snack? Could one? this be a more flower powery? title what is it called daydreaming <laughs> which yeah i know which one this is because <laughs> i remember what episode this is from and i'm gonna let this play okay there's gonna be a left hand turn and you're gonna just go huh okay okay yeah i don't we'll know if listen. you're ready for this one but we'll oh, see what i'm happens. so ready here yeah, let's, let's do it great great yeah Heads in the sand. Oh, shit. This is ringing a bell. <laughs> no. Huh? What? <laughs> no, I don't understand it. <laughs> Just trying to instill some bestiality into some kids. What is this? It's... I mean, the other thing that... What? The only thing that I... It's also a bad message just to put your head in your sand is not a good thing. Well, right. But the, other, the only thing that I can think of is that, like, ostrich is a, is a slang term for something. Like, I'm in love with an ostrich is some kind of code of I'm some I'm going to say this. No. Yeah, sure. I've never heard that expression. Right. Hey, man. She's being kind of an ostrich right now. No, that's not a thing. Or, I mean, for the 60s, the the, the more scary one. Yeah, a couple ostriches over there on the street corner. Look out. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on to your purse. We're walking up on a couple ostriches. <laughs> what what uh, was the context for the song in the, in the, well, in the episode? Well, there's never context. It's, it's just them running away from the creeper. Oh, you know what? Did we watch this one together? I think we did. I don't think so. Creeper is the... Uh, I wonder if we watched... There's a follow-up episode in a series like oh, 40 years later. Yeah, maybe that was what it was. But, uh, yeah. Um, but, 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 I mean... They're a, just running away. And then this is playing in the background where it's being like, I'm in love so with that. But Austin. why? Who went... Nope. Yeah, no, that's the perfect song. And they're like, sir, uh, don't you think just one about like running away might be like... Like, that's what they're doing. No, I want the, I want that ostrich song. Well, but no. You know, I've been loving an ostrich, and I like that people now know, and I can feel comfortable because there's a song about it. Also, none of like, them mention none of them mention chasing. Like, I mean, you know, that yeah. one that one's particularly. But egregious. I just like that there was a guy with a pension for ostriches who just finally went. No, I, I I want that song so that people don't think I'm weird anymore. This is where I get to finally confess my love for an ostrich. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, the other- what the fuck. I mean, uh, like, it, Jesus, what it does that? seem really weird because recipe for my love seven days a week, like those two, yeah. those are like common things. I mean, yeah. they're common tropes and songs right. just and they goofy also, takes on how much you love somebody and to be in the background. Right. Like you're just trying to right. you're, you're rehashing territory for a song that's just going to literally be set dressing. Right. And then all of a sudden, but, I'm in love with an ostrich comes out of nowhere. Yeah, I, 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 mm. I mean, <laughs> he's broken. Well, just because a, 
some kid is going to start saying that and the mom's going to be like, what? And it, secondly, and then it's also saying like, isn't it nice just to like avoid everything and not take responsibility? Put like your people head say you got your head in your sand and that's not a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I it's also it's not the most explicit as as well. Cuz I mean like <laughs> like was it meant to just be like the doodah bongo dog band whatever that group's called like you know like monster match makes no sense. Did they just sure. think that this was going to be like, "Oh, I'm in love with a uh, an ostrich. It's, That's just goofy. And it's like... It's a novelty song. A are you, goofy novelty are, are, song. Because that's definitely not consensual on the ostrich's part. So what are you talking about? Like but also, you're you're looking at it from a 2018 shit perspective. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, um, I mean, from this... Like, that wasn't an, even an option back then to consider <laughs> someone having sex with an ostrich. To say, I'm in love with an I mean, uh... uh so was it just meant, it was just meant to, to be goofy guy either? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the same as um, I I think I just finally caught up to the current century because <laughs> if my head really is back in that time period, I should be like, well, that was just fine, Nick. But no, I'm like, what? Well, but uh, everything that you always wanted to know about sex, but we're afraid to uh, ask. Yeah. There's the whole thing where Gene Wilder's it. in love with the sheep. Yeah, that's it's called bestiality, right? And that is like explicitly like he's putting it in uh, uh, garters and like all this kind of stuff. That's like an. an explicitly like sorry when you said not it, you be- meant the sheep yeah I thought you meant his dick <laughs> oh he's dressing it up he's putting like, like he's little putting costumes it on in, it like I thought you meant no, in the sheep. air quotes it yeah okay the last it. thing that I had yeah, referred to, to was I'm a grammar sheep. teacher okay. I know I, that should have been like <laughs> 101 clear. bitch uh, but I, again, I think it, it can is also refer to your knob it's supposed to be like a ridiculous like Right. But that's the thing. I can't tell if it's like some kind of metaphor or and it also seems like way too much effort for them to put into a background song. Like why like who exactly. like why didn't he show up with that and someone was like, seems kind of weird. Like just let's right. that's let's my get point. back to seven Th- days a week. Let's that's get my back point to- of like it went to the guy and he was like so let, let me hear the next song that you've got here. And they're like, Oh, here it is, sir. We we it's really fun. It's it's, it's about us being in love with an ostrich. He's like being in, in love with it. Well, just play it. Um, That's uh, perfect. Yeah. Or, but I mean, like, uh, well, this is just a background song. Why don't you, why don't you save your like metaphorical stuff or like whatever it is you're trying to do? Save that for your album, buddy. Uh, just, <laughs> let Let's just use this song. And let's change the lyrics to. Uh, I'm going driving. Like that's as much as you need for one of these background right. songs. Like you don't need Nothing. anything more than that. I remember that when I finally like realized that until you get to like maybe just post this music, you know, the lyrics of almost every song, like from about 1969 backwards, is look how much I love this other person. Or uh, how I can't get this person, or right. yeah, it's all like based it's off of that. All about that, like like ninety percent of songs, or like or you get the little novelty songs, like um, you know, we're three jerks in a jeep. Da 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 da. But even some of the the, the novelty songs of the twenties are about like you know love, you know like Sunday's my only time with that bozo of mine, cause mm. she's the sweetheart of six other guys. Like, or uh, it's about the dance that you're doing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's go to the bop. Yeah. Let's go to the bop. Or, oh, baby. I'm gonna Charleston right back to Charleston. Charleston. Or you can get the entire discography of Chubby Checker telling you 75 different ways to twist. 
Let's twist. Let's twist again. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, uh, Chubby, you got anything new for me? Yes, this time I want to do a twist with a twist. Here's the holiday twist. <laughs> do, do, I know, but do you, have a, do you have a new dance craze that you could be touting right now? No, yeah, it's the twist. It. The twist is going to last forever, which he's actually kind of right. Twisting upside down. <laughs> How about that one? <laughs> <laughs> Twisting from the chandelier. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, splish splash. I was taking a bath all upon a Saturday night. Rub a dub, just relaxing in the tub, thinking everything was all right. Well, it's because what was he doing in the tub? He was hanging out with his tub in the sh- with his shoes. He had his <laughs> shoes on in the tub. That is some kinky masturbation. <laughs> okay. Uh, so next up, we have. <laughs> I don't think it gets much more flower power than this. Love the world. <laughs> what if it? What if they just snuck in? We are the world. Yeah. Okay, all right. Who, who are these musicians? Who is the singer right now? Daniel. Hold on, I can look this up. I don't even have to look it up. I got it. It's um, Danny Jansen and Sue Stewart and Austin Roberts were the people who put a lot of this together. And then I think... Some of it gets re-recorded later on. So, for example, uh, See, I, I'm gonna just—I don't like this one, and, and it's—it sounds too many doo doo dadas. No, I, I love doo doo and dada. It's—it's it's the chord progressions is so simple. It's one, four, and five, and it is really dull. It, it sounds like something that you'd hear kind of like at a tambourine shaking sort of thing. And I have nothing against the religious part of those songs. It really is just. You know, like Bach created religious songs that are absolutely phenomenal to listen to. Okay, well, that's a little pretentious, but... <laughs> but even like hymns. I like hymns. I actually, and I'm not very religious, but I, I, I do enjoy listening to a hymn. Like, I think that they're they're interesting. Yeah. But when it's just three chords, I go... Ew. I like the bass line. I'm not, like, I'm not digging this song as much. All right, great. We can move on. No, 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 no. Let's, we got we to gotta listen to the whole album, Nick. Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't think we're going to make it through we're gonna have to do this in two, two, two episodes. Two or three. How long? How many? How many tracks are there? There. Well, total, there's 19 tracks. Okay. And we've been recording for about an hour and 10 minutes. Well, we're not gonna. But once it's cut you're not down. gonna. Yeah, you're not gonna include yeah. all that stuff that we were saying at the top there. We did that for like 40 minutes. Ba da da, ba da da, da 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 da. Uh, yeah, that was all right. I mean, that was fine. The other ones were more fun, I think. Or maybe I've just reached my saturation point on Flower Power Song, which I do love, but there is a point. There's a point that, yeah, well, I mean, I'm like, I feel like that Put on we, Blur. Sure. Or bl- binge watching anything or binge listening to anything. Yeah, I, well, especially something like, like as you said, there is a slightly dippy quality to it. Like, there is just like a, let's go out and have fun. And then there's Vapid. a certain point you're like, yeah, yeah. And there's, mm-hmm. a, it's just, there's the insipidity starts to get to you a little, just a little bit. Like, you just start to go, okay, now let's. You know, for the love of God, you need to put in an album called Insipidity. <laughs> like that just sounds fun. Yeah. It look, uh, it's insipidity. Like, we're not even going to hide what we're doing here. This is purely this fall. for Phil Hobby Insipidity. Have you ever gone outside and seen the girl that you like? Well, she's there. But seriously, <laughs> we could have we made billions in the '60s. I bet we could do this now. Damn it! For Let's real. Do it. I, I just created the lyrics of that. Like, 
Well, been outside like... on a sunny day, and the wind is blowing in my hair, through my head. But I mean, the 90s brought us this like uh, level of irony and... The, 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 the 90s you know, were way too cynical for me. Sure. I hated every minute of it. But that made that stuff like that impossible. But now, yes. I mean, like the most popular song on the radio for at least, what, like a month was that that whip nay nay thing yeah and that well puts, that's that that makes that elevates the twist to high art no no and actually i thought about it because i'm like this song I, I really my reaction to that song was this is the most stupid song i've ever it's heard it's also generous to call it a song yeah <laughs> yeah there's barely any music it's mostly just going watch me dance step and i said okay wait a minute stop let me stop maybe i'm being judgmental because it hits it's like brand new and i'm like a total hipster right now and then i was like okay what about those other songs and then i thought about chubby checker i'm like okay similar but there's a tune and it's actually got a couple of fun lyrics like that's beyond just here's the dance step and then i thought about the charleston the charleston actually has lyrics which are hilarious i don't even remember them at this point but there are stuff like the rhymes are really funny and i'm like yeah. no that is definitely a better song that is a dance song talking about the dance and watch me whip watch me nene was like annoying well but the other thing is that like a lot of that tradition i mean you're thinking about like the charleston things like that that's coming out of a tradition of you were reproducing music, right? Like right. you yourself had to play piano or hang out with your friends and play music or or do or a band had to do it for right. you, right? So for it to stick in your head is not necessarily for it to be listenable. It's for it to be conceptually interesting. Like it has to stick in your head conceptually for you to give that's a true. shit about this yeah, thing. That's true. Because it's not like I had to have an earworm. Because like if you think of uh like I love the police, but like if I but the listenability of the police is how does it sound? Because I'm going to listen to it again. Right. Like it's not like I'm going to play a police song and that's the only way I'm going to hear the police. Right. So I wonder if like things like Whip Nene, it's because you have like this like fat bass drum playing and you know uh and uh this you know these these noodling uh synth lines that are simplistic and you get to do yeah. this this dance move but like it's the sound of it that people find interesting even though it's not complicated well, that's the thing like I, I see a lot of music today i find it's so sparse like fergie started it even like 10 years ago like fergalicious sure. is like a drum kit a diaphanous bass line that's like barely there and her kind of going just Fergal it's just it, it's I don't really it's almost like concept art at that point and well, I don't I mean even hip hop before that I mean you know you think of Tribe Called Quest and it's a uh, it's a bass line and a drum loop and it's I mean I I yeah. love Tribe Called Quest and it's put together in interesting ways and then the lyrics are very fascinating but well, see, it's that's very the sparse. other thing yeah I mean like you could have somebody doing that I mean like uh I'm not even gonna go back to like young MC, you know. Sure. There's, but see, there's there's some musical quality to some of that stuff too. Like he he's sampling some interesting music, you know. Yeah. Um, like Principal's Office has that great piano bit. Yeah. Um, and even uh, uh, Good Vibrations by Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch has that piano. Feel it, feel it. Yeah, but see, yeah, and I think that there's like because I can go back and listen to some of that stuff and go like, yeah, no, this is this is fun and interesting. But to have basically, if I were to look at like the MIDI file of it, it would just be mostly blank space. And I think that that's that's kind of what makes me annoy. I finally realized that's what's annoying me about these songs is that there's not even a chord. There's usually like a drum kit, one note, and somebody kind of 
half like Rex Harrisoning over all that, you know. Well, you know what they say about jazz, Phil. What do they say about jazz? They say it's not the notes that you play. It's the notes that you don't play. <laughs> you done masturbating? <laughs> oh, God. Was that La La Land? Oh, I have no idea. That's just one of those things that you hear all the time. Yeah. Like, you know, people say it pretentiously. Christ. All right, so moving on. Uh, oh, I know this one, too. Uh, this is Tell Me, Tell Me. Uh, this is going to be this is going to be another, like, very run-of-the-mill. I mean, it's about as simple as you can get. Ooh. Yeah. This feels like uh, it's from a cut number from Hair. Yeah. This is doing a lot of one, four, and five again. That's why I'm just like, okay, I'm waiting. But that opening bit had some, uh, you know, like flat know. seven. There you go. There's a yeah. Modulation. See that? This is okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you really get away from that a lot in the '60s, though. I mean, one four five, one six four. Yeah, but the other ones were—they were noodling around in some pretty standard chords too. But they were doing more than one four five. Like when there's only three chords, I get like there. There's like a there's a flat seven there. Well, this is also doing a lot of um, whatever you want to call it. At least there's variety in the sections. It's like oh, we have this intro, which is then reinterpreted as like a little bridge, and then you have the verses in between that. See, I, I think for me, and I'm realizing this now, an interesting song is one that pushes off the return to one quite a bit. And I realize, because I'm thinking about the 20s, like a lot of the songs in the 20s do a circle of fifths sort of thing where they're just, they're just going from chord to chord that's really basic, yeah. but they are avoiding one. I re- I'm realizing this now, avoiding returning to that tonic. Yeah, I think Shanker realized it in 1890. <laughs> in his analysis of what music does. Uh, prolonging the tonic. Four, five, one. Ah, you went back, dude. Five, one. Yeah. But I mean, that's like, you know, that's pop music for you. I don't know. I've, I've heard it so much that it also doesn't bother me. No, this is fun song. Like I said, I, I love power pop. And this is fun. I would put this on. In fact, I'm going to go home and like buy this album because... <laughs> I did not expect to like this as much because the prisoner, like I said, I skip like every, like three out of every four tracks. You know, I mean, we we haven't made it through all of it just yet, so well, who uh, knows? at least by the first five tracks. Uh, so next up, oh, okay, great. So next up, we have a theme song. So um, this is going to be once they got into the celebrities. Oh, these are the ones where they like had guest stars. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, the new Scooby Doo movie theme song, which I mean, I think all of this, you know. This is also the beginning to my season two intro. Yeah. Season two. Oh, this is a re-recording of it. That brass section, you know, the original, um, like, Ron Grainer, who wrote the Doctor Who theme, also wrote the theme for The Prisoner. Sounds a lot like this, but in minor, and... Heavy brass, you know, very similar, just not as jolly. The original Doctor Who theme, he had not thought about the instrumentation, and a lot of people think it would have been like this. Oh, interesting. But they brought it to Delia Derbyshire, and she, like, went through, like, I think she did three days creating that 30-second thing with, like, loops, and not it was not even synth-synth. It was like she had to create the synthesized thing through all this stuff. And he was like, 
whole like he was blown away by it going like i created the notes you created the theme because <laughs> that was beyond anything i could have ever imagined it is so ethereal it is it's my favorite tv theme it's so perfect and it's why when they later redid it without all of Delia Derbyshire stuff. I've never really liked it as much, like when it's a brass band and stuff. Oh, interesting. And someone made uh, on YouTube um, what they imagine Ron Grainer heard in his head, yeah. where it's this heavy brass and like, ba 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 ba, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, or the, uh, whatever the, um, who the heck am I thinking of? Not Buddy Rich. Yeah, Buddy Rich. Yeah. Or like uh, Max drummer? Roach, like those style of big band albums. Like that's kind of what it's like. It's like that hip 60s. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like the ones where they take Beatles songs and like do them as a band, you know, yeah. so that the the over 60s can enjoy the Beatles. Yeah. Or even like <laughs> uh, seven, in the 70s. Uh, uh, <laughs> the OAPs. Okay. This is going to sound pretentious because they literally made a joke about this. Uh, the Oh Hello guys. You know, uh, mm-hmm. uh Nick Kroll and John Mulaney, they did that show, Oh Hello, where they play those like older Jewish dudes. Oh. Uh, they were on a comedy bang bang, and they literally make a joke about this guy. But Jaco Pastorius, <laughs> uh, Jet, you don't know jazz fusion bassist Jaco Pastorius? Uh, <laughs> he did these big band albums that were like 70s fusion big band albums, and they were like very like bombastic, yeah. like. And like he was a ridiculous bass player, so it's a lot of like, you know. Uh, but it kind of has that feel to it. So I mean, we go from like intimate flower power, like a uh, uh, you know uh, jazz band, like you know a bass drum, like a rhythm section, and a singer going Scooby Dooby Doo, here are you. To like now we're like the Scooby Doo Hour. You know, yeah. you want to hear like Gary Owens? Yeah, yeah, with. Jerry Matt no uh, who live was- from beautiful downtown Burbank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's laughing. Yeah, right. Scooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Here's Scooby say. Scooby say. What Kermit the Frog showed up on TV? How, how far in? That must have been what? the 70s, right? Kermit the Frog was on uh, like The Tonight Show. Oh, yeah. Also, fun story about that. <gasps> so in the break, the guy walks over to uh, Jim Henson, who's sitting on the chair with Kermit, right? right. And the guy's like, uh, we just noticed that the, the sound is kind of dropping out a little bit when you're talking, when Kermit's not talking. Uh, are you doing anything different? He's like, no, I'm, I just talk no matter what. It's just I'm doing a voice when I do the kermit and when i'm talking and they figured out what happened was the boom operator was moving the microphone to kermit amazing because he was just like oh kermit's talking that but see that that's that's a real testament to how real these like a hundred percent like it's just a piece of felt you could say that all day long you cynic because clearly he created a real you know, a character that is real. I was yeah. thinking about that. I went and saw a play last night and I thought about it, the fact that like, you know, there was a woman playing the part and then there was the character and I sort of thought about it. I'm like, you know, when I go up and talk to her later, I'm going to say, you know, when the character's name was Emily and I'm going to go up to this actress. When Emily say, did this. When Emily does this, because I realize it's not when you're doing this. Mm-hmm. You're make, you're creating this other person who did these things. Well, within a world that is yeah. the stage or. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm obviously yeah. not going like, whoa, dude, uh, like who's fucking like, who's like a real person, but like, you know, in non-reality. <laughs> like, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like. 
there is something that you because I'm like I was moved by the play and I'm like yeah but that person doesn't actually exist mm-hmm. but I can th- this there's a reality being formed that I can completely tap into and re- have these things resonate yeah. and and to have Kermit be such a real force and a real you know person almost that the boom operator actually is goes moving the microphone oh, to that be is like so right, I love talking. it I absolutely love it <laughs> that cracks me up to no end uh, all right so here's what we're gonna do. All right, you ready for this? Yeah. We're going to do two more songs. Okay. And then we're going to break this into a two-parter. I love it. Great. All right. Uh, so next up, the classic. <laughs> I'm going to start. Uh, this is this is one of those ones. So this, you know, uh, happy is the secret word. That's one of the ones you hear all the time. Like What? I mean like, in the show. No. Well, yeah, you hear it all the time in the show. And it's also like referenced a lot when people talk about this style of scooby-doo music the flower power you hear that one this is another one that you hear quite frequently and it's from the jerry reed episode of scooby-doo remind me who jerry reed is uh he was a country pop singer from the 60s uh but also in the episode as a preface to the song in the episode like it's like and starring jerry reed He's maybe in about a minute of the episode. <laughs> Most of the episode, he's locked in a basement singing through the vents. <laughs> so you just, As you do. You just hear this sing because he's trying to get out. He's trying to tell people that he's down there, but he's singing a song. So it's the same song do. on repeat, right? Like him just being like, <laughs> like, it's just the same song over and over. And then the last, like, you know, minute of the episode, they get him out and he's like, oh, hey, I've been here the whole time. And they're like, and featuring Jerry Reed. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, nice. it's like a Heather Graham being in Swingers where they're like, she's on the cover of the DVD case and right. she's in the last minute of the movie. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so here we go. The classic Scooby-Doo song, Pretty Mary Sunlight. Wow. Well, pretty Mary Sunlight, she's all right with me. Pretty Mary Sunlight. This is straight up folk, baby. Yeah. This is that, like, you know, Some Bob Dylan, Simon and Garfunkel and had, you know, made that come back. I think they Simon and Garfunkel took it to the next stage. stage. Yeah. I mean, you know, this thing, like, people God, I just right. got they, so up my own ass, but, you know. No, no, you're right. I was actually thinking that as I said it. I has, that's what that's what that hesitation was. Like, should I include Simon and Garfunkel? But like Seeger, right? Seeger was like reclaiming folk music. As, this is after he created all those Popeye cartoons. <laughs> and long before he sang uh, "Turn the Page." Uh, uh, but you know, it was reclaiming the folk idiom as like the people's idiom, and it was like a socialist right, thing, yeah, and all this kind of stuff. And so, also, I mean, th- this definitely comes out of that. Nothing says, help me, I'm trapped in a basement like this song. This is the one I would have chosen to make sure people knew that I was, you know, there. Instead of, you know, maybe this song. Help, I'm trapped in a basement. Please help me. Somebody, can anybody hear me? That's the song I would have chosen. Also, you don't really ever hear the whole song. It's just a lot of him going, pretty merry sunlight. That's all around with me. Like, I, I love the idea they're like, hey, would you like to be on Scooby-Doo? Yeah, and I can sing the song. Like, yeah, that's fine. You just sing the song, and then later he hears it, he's like, 
you guys did I think it's more of Do you want to be in this song? How much does it pay? This yeah. much You get me for this much And you get this pre-recording <laughs> I'm this song Yeah You're it's cynical But absolutely 100% true That is absolutely right I mean it's funny How many of the episodes They have great guest stars But how many of them Sound like they're phoning it in Because It's also a weird idiom I mean you're you know, animation's not. Come on, Scoob. Oh, Jesus. Like you're not really afraid. Wait, that's part of the track. All right. Ghosts, are you? I like that he would be like, yeah, you you can put that song on there. Yeah, just make sure you you, you put like a little goofy guys talking at the end of it, because because that's the way I want my song to be remembered. <laughs> Anybody who buys this CD, I'd really like to make sure that Little Sunshine Mary or whatever her name was has Scooby Doo and 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 that that fucking. I mean, if we had actually it. listened to it, you definitely would have remembered it because he says about a million times, "Pretty Mary Sunshine." <laughs> <laughs> but does he ever say? Are you not afraid of ghosts, are you, Scoob? <laughs> yeah, no, that's actually Jerry Reed. <laughs> Sounds very similar to Casey Kasem doing a cartoon voice. Uh, so now, oh. this is going to be like the most yeah. iconic. I mean, this is the one that I remember so vividly. And uh, so it also was the one that was kind of parodied for um, the Johnny Bravo episode. Right. You know, where they do. So the, oh, yeah, I am. Really excited for this. So this is like a classic, and it's also the Davy Jones episode yeah. of um, whatever uh, uh, new Scooby Doo movies, where right. they're running away from the frog, which starts with one of my favorite setups of all time, where she's like, "Sing to it, Davy. Maybe that'll distract it." And yeah. he goes, and he goes, "Well, I've sang for monkeys, but never frogs before." <laughs> nice. So, all right, here we go. Because that's what you, you do when a lion charges. By the way, just put up your you know electric guitar. And start singing at oh. it because it will stop attacking you. Yeah, music soothes the savage beast. <laughs> can, can I just be a little cynical here? Do you think yeah. she's like, yeah, no, Davy, um, you stop, you stop running away and try to distract it while we run away? Do well, you think she was just like, yeah, this is going to work out well for us for? Yeah, that's the famous story about the two guys running right. away from the yeah. bear. And one guy says, do you think we'll be able to outrun it? The guy says, outrun it. I'm just trying to outrun you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so I can David make Jones you like, happy. Well, yeah, you know, I've got such a big ego that I can't really help it. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to go into a monkey's impression because you yeah, automatically gear into Beatles, yeah, right? Well, yeah, because they were American, weren't they? Uh, the monkeys were American. I don't know why we Well, it was an American this. show. I don't know if they no, all they, were American. They were, they were all American because they all had accents. New research podcast. <laughs> uh, I just remember uh, when he walks into the store and he goes, I like a pair of red maracas, please. <laughs> I don't know why that's stuck in my head for eternity. <laughs> I can make you happy. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Love and Spoonfuls. I know a place where I am going, and the place where I am going is just around the bend. Audience can't see and this, but I'm dancing. You know there's a lot that I can show you, and if you want to go there, I can get you in. Is the secret word, and if you're happy, and I'm doing an air bass guitar right now, and I love you, you know it's true, and I can make you happy if you love me too. Also, being a little bit of an emotional terrorist, but that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Also, like very like swinging, like. 
hair soundtrack, yeah. like you know that that that, that electric organ. <laughs> just the bell player. Things that you see, like there is just somebody playing a xylophone on this track. Yeah, or maybe it's just a triangle. That's all he's doing. He's got pitched triangles. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's a little tiny block. Well, there definitely like, is a Buddy triangle. Buddy Holly. What? There is a triangle because there's the yeah. dia, dia, dia. I know. Ooh. Double time. He just stuck the thing right in the middle of the triangle. And you know, there's a lot that I can I mean, show you. No, he definitely does sound like he's got a British accent. Yeah. There's a lot that I can. The reverse of the Beatles is when they sing, they don't have an accent right. when they talk. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that was also like that was like the precursor to the Disney star, right? Like the monkeys were put together for a TV show to be a band. Uh, make sure Charles Manson isn't in here. And then that led to them. Uh, I mean, you know, Mickey Dolans and all those, you know, they they were, I'm not going to say stars, but they were to a certain extent musical stars from out of that. You know, Davy Jones is showing up as Davy Jones in a right. Scooby-Doo cartoon. It's right. not like the guy from the monkeys. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but so we, we've basically gone through like an era of Scooby-Doo. Let me see what comes on after this. So from here, it's going to move away from that style of music, right? What? I mean, you, there was the one song where you're kind of like, this is a little plotting. This is a little bit more boring. I mean, the na 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 blah, 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 blah stuff. Now, and again, it's not lyrics. Um, sure. I barely listen to lyrics anyway. So you could say, you could say, I, I remember, um, I recommended Maxwell Silverhammer. I had never really listened to it. <laughs> Knock knock, Maxwell Silverhammer came, came down, down on his head, do, 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 do. Um, um, and I had never even really paid attention. That I was he's so, murdering people. Well, no, because I was. I, I really do focus on like on the on the music aspect of it, like the chord progressions, the rhythms, the instrumentation, the hmm. you know, like all that stuff. Um, and it does take extra effort on my part to actually go, wait, what did those words say? What did they say? Yeah. Yeah, interesting. And I and I, I even had a disclaimer up on my Facebook page when, when it would when it would have like the description of you and that was like all it was. Like this is like ten years ago. And it would say like, by the way, I don't ever listen to lyrics. I listen to all this stuff and I would go through all that and I go, the only reason I'm saying this is if I ever recommend a song to you and the lyrics are like really weird or creepy or something, probably just please know I probably never heard them. So <laughs> Please listen to Do uh, Do Do Da 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 by The Police. <laughs> Don't stand so close to me. Great song. <laughs> uh, I'm a creep. Yeah. I'm a loser. I don't belong here. Uh, he's another one of those singers, though, when I, when I watch him perform. I feel the same way about him that I feel about Bono, which I know is a weird couple to put together. Hmm. But it's like they they look like they're in so much pain. <laughs> <laughs> and then not in a good way. It's not like I'm feeling this music. It's like ah shit, my back gave out again. Uh, you know? I really don't want to be here. Like Bono, honestly, looks like I think I do this on stage too. So this is I'm stealing from my own act. But <laughs> Bono looks like he's going through menstrual cramps. Like everything that he does, he's like bent over yeah. at the waist. He's like oh, like his eyes like are just so shut, it's a so tight. Day. It's just like come on, man. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be this bad. I think it also is that you know they were famous in that era like we were talking earlier like the 90s was an era of cynicism you know daria 
I watched that first episode of Daria. Like, Cynicism and complete. There's there's also but see the, the thing. Sorry to cut you off. No, but no. like Daria also like it's it's cynicism, but it's also sincerity. Like even though irony was big, you had like it was all about like you're deep or this is real right. or right. this is like what's happening this is how i feel like well, you I, can't tell me how i feel i'm 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 like fuck the man yeah. you know no and i get that because you know if you watch popular culture for the entirety of the 20th century up until that point it is pretty dippy like and in the end we know it'll all turn out okay and it's like yeah but it doesn't do that so i appreciate the cynicism i think it's just that it's the heavy dose it's like you should have some cynicism but it, like it's it's i it makes me sad when i see that much like but it's a spice it's not the yeah. main course that's what I, that's what i wanted it to be I, yeah. I felt like it was turning into a main course and i think that's where it's like woof. well but also lot. i mean you know that's the way of of all zeitgeists yeah, is that it's a pendulum and once it swings that's too true. far hopefully it brings back all right so, no so yeah this this was, would, this is a good first half i think yeah do you have anything uh by way of pimpage do you have shows coming up uh, Teachers Lounge Mafia, the improv troupe I am in, has a show up at the Wilton Library on the. Um, <laughs> I think it's this. It's it's that Friday or Saturday, first Friday or Saturday in. Uh, this is a no research podcast. Even I know, you can look up your dates. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> um, my phone is over there. Okay. Um, the uh, can find that on Facebook though. Teachers Lounge. Teachers Lounge Mafia. If you go there, we have shows coming up. Even if you're listening to this like two years after we produce it, we will still have some shows going on. Teachers um, Lounge. And no, no. Uh, also the Turkey Club is my other improv troupe. Turkey Club. The Turkey Club. Perfect. All right. Yeah, I think that that that's, that's good. Yeah. Excellent. Well, as always. No plays. Thank you for being on. Thank you for having me. Uh, we'll be right back. Post-credit Marvel sequence. Well, now that Nick is out of the room, I can do whatever I want. I can... I can, I can run around. I, 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 can, I can throw this ball. I, I, I can swing from the chandelier. I, I can do all three at once except the running around. <gasps> I can do really bad follies of me not actually doing those things, but but pretending to do those things. That was the sound of a man or a person going on a chandelier, throwing a ball at all the stuff that looks really expensive. What's With You Scooby-Doo is a member of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. Visit StolenDress.com to check out our other Stolen Dress podcasts, blogs, tweets, videos, and books.